Hello, everybody, and welcome to the second official Sunday Fun Day with Socks on Tap. I'm your boy, Buzz. I'm joined by my dude, Johnny Nani, and my other dude, Tony Marchese. We are here to recap a 3-4 ser- a series loss here uh, to the Angels. Our White Sox dropped 3 of 4, and we're going to be previewing... <laughs> previewing the Minnesota Twins series, which is just going to be fun. It's going to be a good time. It's going to be fine and dandy. So, uh, guys, it's Sunday fun day. I think last time we had a real great time, had some real deep conversation, got real deep black. And uh, let's recreate that magic here today. In there nice and deep black, boy. <laughs> Getting rid of <laughs> Yeah. Buzz, yeah, you, you had said the uh, dropping three or four to the Angels, which is the exact opposite of what my prediction for the series was. I actually had some faith. You see, I, I got to be negative on them, so then they prove me wrong. I think that's just going to be a theme going forward here. Um, but it, it, we, we uh, you know, we were thinking about recording a, uh, a post game show last night, and then we said, okay, well, we're going to do the extended one tonight anyway. So we said, okay, we're going to save both games. Um, and I also think all of us were a little too hot last night to record. Um, that was embarrassing in the seventh inning, man. Um, I, I'm just going to get right to this game. Uh, all right, so the White Sox they start off uh, first inning getting on the board first, which, which is great, especially when you got Hector Santiago on the mound for you. Um, with the, that Lurie leadoff triple, we were all, you know, riled up. We put that out from the, you know, Sox on, well, Tony put it out, and then we tweeted it from Sox on tap. Um, you know, I had the Lurie jersey going. Uh, spirits were high at first, um, and then... Uh, game gets tied uh, on a uh, home run by Goodwin uh, to lead off the second inning there. So a uh, game was tied, but then the White Sox strike right back in the third, um, and it came with two outs. Timmy walked, Abreu singled, McCann hit a two RBI double, um, advanced on the throw that went home, and then uh, that put us up three one. And then Eloy came up and uh, smacked a bomb uh, to center field, uh, two run shot five one Sox at that point. Um, Upton got one back in that half inning, so five two Sox. That score holds until we get to the seventh inning, um, and. The, this was the, this was just where it got super frustrating. Um, I know the the fight was kind of going on too, so we were a little bit amped about that. You know, watching some UFC, uh, Diaz, your guy, uh, Buzz. But then when we turn over to the other TV and the White Sox, and we're watching that, it couldn't be more frustrating because um, uh, Rangifo walked to lead off. Uh, Thias struck out. Fry comes in. Uh, that was he was relieving Cordero there. Cordero actually did a really good job of pulling it down the middle there. Um, but then Upton reached. Uh, you know, excuse me, getting ahead of myself here. Otani singled, yeah, so that was the only batter that Fry faced. You know, lefty, lefty can't get the out, unfortunately. Um, Marshall comes in, and Trout, first batter he sees, RBI single. That makes it a 5-4 game. All right, Sox still in the lead. Let's, you know, let Evan Marshall get back to Evan Marshall things. Uh, and then he, he did induce a ground ball. Um, I, I And it goes down third baseline. Ryan Goins. Just complete. It's all he has to do is get in front of it to knock it down, um, and it, you know at least keep it within the infield. But instead, uh, he reaches over lazily, tries to backhand. Um, it go, goes by him. They officially ruled it an error because they said it was a very gettable ball, um, which is surprising because they've been super lenient uh, rewarding hitters for you know just putting the ball in play pretty much. I'd say that's how the scoring has gone. I don't know if you guys agree with that or not, but that's just my view on it. Uh, so they did end up giving him an error. So it just tells you how you know easily that ball could have been fielded um and then they intentionally walk calhoun uh pool strikes out goodwin rbi walk uh bases loaded um that, that put the angels up six five and that was it osage came in after that so um you know obviously not great by marshall walking in the uh go ahead run in this one but i gotta put it on goins here for the most embarrassing play of the weekend 
<laughs> hey, Buzz. Uh, what's up, guys? Uh, I don't think I've said anything yet, but uh, what's up, guys? Uh, I'm, I apologize for waking up your daughter yesterday when, when all that went down. No, it's okay. <laughs> That's all right. Yeah. She, uh, she needs to know right away what priorities are, and we get loud when the White Sox piss us off or make us happy. So yeah. she's got to get with it, okay? She, she, she knows. She knows what's going on. Yeah, uh, I know we have a lot to talk about today. Um, I, I didn't want to, you know, let this extend, so I just wanted to, you know, brush it. We said we're going to brush over this game, give you the brief summary of what went down. That was the tail of the tape there. Uh, there's nothing else to say. The very winnable game for the White Sox. They didn't get it done. Uh, letdowns on defense and on the mound. Uh, Evan Marshall does not seem like the same guy he was at the beginning of the year. Um, just a combination of factors there. Uh, I mean, you got to give the offense some credit for stepping up. Eloy, two-run bomb. I like that a lot. Uh, if we're going to take away a positive. And he also had another one today, which we'll get to uh, when we move on to this next game here. But uh, other than that, man, uh, very, very disappointing. I think we were all just kind of two down in the dumps and pissed off to, to record it last night. Yeah, I mean, last night ran late. And, you know, we like you had mentioned, uh, you know, between the White Sox starting to blow the lead and then the main events of um, yesterday's UFC 241 or Saturday's UFC 241 in full effect. It was just kind of before we knew it, we're sitting there and it's, it's two o'clock in the morning. <laughs> and, and we're there still, might've been some alcohol involved in that as well. <laughs> right. It, it, it's two o'clock in the morning. The game and the fights have been over for a good two hours and we're still pissed off. <laughs> like, it was just kind of like, all right, well, yeah, chalk this up as an L. We'll, we'll we'll get back on it. You know, we'll we'll get back to covering it on Sunday Fun Day. But uh, I mean, going over yesterday's game and all of that stuff happening. Let's let's go over today's game. And I I feel like we're gonna revisit our pissed offness, man. Nine to two, we lose nine to two. Look at this. We lost nine to two to a Troutless Angels today. Yeah, look guys. at this lineup. Look at this <sighs> lineup, guys. That that the White Sox are facing. How many of these guys did you even know existed? <laughs> Otani Before and this Upton. series started, like, Otani and Upton. That's it. Yeah, that's it. Uh, I, maybe Calhoun too, but like, who the hell is Bamboom? You know, this yeah, Bamboom. He had, we gave him his first career home run, I believe, today. Yeah, we did. And back on the theme of like making pitchers look like Cy Young, Canning today, seven innings, five hits, only one earned run, walks one, and strikes out eight White Sox batters. Brutal, man. Just absolutely brutal. Yeah, you know, I just it, keep going back fun. to I keep going back to Hawk Harrelson. That was absolutely brutal. You know, just you could you could get the embarrassing gif out there. You could get the not great Bob gif out there. You could get whatever you want out there. This was this series sucked. It absolutely sucked. I hated every single minute <laughs> of it except for when Bill Walton was doing whatever Bill Walton was doing. I I don't know if if the White Sox were like left with Bill Walton's drugs. Over the next <laughs> two days, but that's how they played. Lackadaisical. The, the, the White Sox were oh, a little even, high than a little low. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, maybe they're better at getting low. Who the hell knows? <laughs> this is it was bad. He left the downers there. I don't know what it was, but <laughs> God, just it was uh, embarrassing. It was embarrassing. Yeah. The last it, two games of this series, just wow. Yeah, no other words. Well, the positive takeaways. Because, you know, this is what we have to do on all of our socks on taps just to feel like we don't want to go drown ourselves in the bathtub or, you know, whatever. Eloy has a multi-hit game, right? Okay. Yes. Tim Anderson, another multi-hit game. So, yeah. Yeah, no, but Buzz, That doesn't work when you're 0 for 4 with runners in scoring position, Buzz. 
It doesn't, but yeah. I'm taking away positives. When, when when you're talking, I wanted to just chime in here because I have been the one that is, you know, I, I'm the one who likes to compare our prospects to other teams' prospects and why aren't these guys turning it on. Eloy seems to be turning it on lately, and I love that. So I will mm-hmm. take that from that. Obviously, I hate losing. And, you know, like Tony had said, that, you know, it doesn't do you any good when you're a forward runner in the scoring position, all of that, or the result of the game today. But as for Eloy Jimenez, I am impressed. Lately, uh, home run last night, another home run today, and uh, he also had a triple today, his first career triple. So um, good for Eloy, um, kind of the only bright spot in this. I know Timmy had the two-hit game as well, so um, we, we need to see the Timmy power, though. I think that's something that Tony and I discussed on Friday night, and um, we had said it last night when we were there. Uh, when, when Timmy was the last one up, he made the last out of the game on Saturday night, and uh, we were all over there, and you know, Tony says this would be the perfect time for a Timmy bomb and bat flip, and I agreed wholeheartedly because that's what we talked about wanting to see uh and i love that you know i love that timmy's average is still up there 330 now i mean that that's excellent but uh he does have that power he's a strong guy he can put it out we've seen it we know because of the bat flips all that he makes it known when he does we just need to see it again very soon and a really i think we really really need him to be kind of a igniter for this minnesota series guys i don't know about you no, I agree with you. Uh, we need him to be huge in the Minnesota series. Um, you know, just bringing his electricity, even having Liberty back in the lineup, even though he didn't record a hit tonight. I mean, that they're, they're, you know, it brings in more electricity. So that's something that we're going to need from Timmy is to start putting that bat on the ball like he's been doing, but doing it with power, driving in runs. Um, I guess like a downfall today's game that we could talk about is the five innings pitched and uh, five earned runs led up by Dylan Cease. Uh, he had it in the first inning, and it, Nani and I were just talking about this before we came on air. He had it in the first inning, and what happened after that, guys? Like, just, he just lost it. Well, you know, this is what happens with Dylan Cease all the time. It's that second inning, or it's the first inning. He's going to get touched up, and normally it's via the long ball. Um, you know, this is par for the course right now for what we've seen out of Dylan Cease. I really thought when I looked at the lineup this morning that the Angels were putting out there, if he got through the first inning, Goodwin, Fletcher, Otani, Upton, Calhoun, I don't even want to try to – to say Renfigo or whoever this guy is. Um, it's you know, Ren I thought Gifo. Ren Gifo. I thought yeah. that, uh, I thought this was a pretty, pretty decent lineup for, uh, for Dylan Cease to try and even get through and couldn't even do that. So I agree. No, no Mike Trout. Like I had said, I think that's the biggest thing. He's the best player in baseball. We've seen him hurt us multiple times uh, in the previous three games of the series. Um, getting that, just going the play by play of that uh, second inning for Dylan Cease, where it started to fall apart. Uh, he gets one out. So that's good. It looks like, you know, to start the inning, looks like a continuation of the first. And that was great because I'd gotten texts from a couple people that said, Oh, well that was, you know, Cease actually looked decent start. And he did because he was commanding his fastball in the first, but then the second he starts getting wild, starts losing command of everything everything um so he got the one out but then Calhoun hits a one out double left one out a little over the plate and then Rengifo hit by a pitch so obviously Cease is even just rattled by one hit there uh I mean either that or it's just slipped but <laughs> I don't know man I feel like it's been too consistent for it to just be a slip at that point uh he just gets inside his own mind a little bit I believe um and then it was uh Thias it comes up in the three-run bomb another one that was left uh, way too much over the meat of the plate uh and he got all of it uh, 3-0 Angels, and they they did not look back from there. Um, that's We talked about the big innings at Cease. Here it was today. That's how it un, uh, unfolded. Yeah, you know what thing about Dylan Cease there, Nani and, and, and Tony, is every one of his starts, he's let up, the, he's let up a bomb. You know, um, it's just... Good point. 
I'm not trying to, you know, like, and, and don't take me wrong. I mean, you guys know my opinion on it, and I think everybody listening to this podcast knows my opinion on Dylan Cease. I'm not worried. I'm not scared. He's, he's getting it. You know, he's just figuring things out, but it, it just sucks, you know, because, like, when – remember, like, Kopech Day and even the first Cease Day, and everybody's like, oh, man, I'm excited. Like, now every time I'm expecting Cease to come out, I'm like, can you please just get through this first or second inning, you know, and and, and try to make it. But, yeah, he is uh, – so this was his eighth MLB start today. And he's allowed at least one home run in every single one of them. And he's also pitched at least five innings in all eight of his MLB starts. That's not great, Bob. So. Not great, Bob. No. Nope. I, I mean. What? Go ahead, Johnny. I, I was just going to echo Buzz's point a little bit. Of we, we're, we're not worried about Dylan Cease. It's still so, so early. Way too early to press a panic button or anything. Um, we just want to see some adjustments. I know he's probably, you know, Rick kind of talked about fatigued. I would guess he would be a little bit fatigued. Uh, and, you know, you don't know when the innings limit is. But I would like to see him, like I think Tony had set a point uh, when we, we had said looking for things through the end of the year uh, on one of these shows. It was on Shy Sox Weekly, I believe. Done, yeah, okay. But we've done so many that they kind of, you know, blend together in, in what we said where. But you, you had said you really want to see Cease put it all together for one outing, and we are still waiting for that. And today would have been an ideal opportunity just with that lineup, like you had mentioned, Tone. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I was just kind of jumping off of buzzes there. Hey, no, you exactly said what I was going to say. So thank you for taking the words right out of my mouth and saying them better than I would have been able to. Ren Gifo. <laughs> Ren Gifo. <laughs> I, I, like, I like Ren Figo for some Ren reason. Figo. I think well, we're just going to call him Ren Figo. But the, the G is before. <laughs> it doesn't matter where it is. It doesn't matter we're, where we're it just is gonna, the name. We're, we're just going to start rearranging the letters just, just, just for whatever sounds We're off and rolling on Sunday Funday, people. Um, we hope we can at least provide a little bit of humorous commentary. Uh, <laughs> the, the goddamn margaritas got me, man. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> working through the, I'm working through this bottle of wine as we go through this. this is just, it's, Yo, we're having fancy. a good time over here. He's fancy. He's fancy. Fancy, huh? Um, Pinky up, man. Pinky up. Yeah. So, I mean, Ross Detweiler. We talked about Cease giving up seven <laughs> just to finish out this game here. Uh, I mean, Ross Detweiler. I guess it's good that we didn't go to the bullpen. We're gonna have that rested. Go. I mean, granted, there's no day off in between. Uh, and we've used, you know, we used many last night and then on Friday night as well. But um, I guess the good thing is only Detweiler was used to clean up or you know, just eat the innings, I guess. Uh, we are talking about here, three innings pitch, eight hits, uh, four more runs, all of them are into... Uh, speaking watch. of this guy, Detweiler got messed up bad. Speaking oh, of this bad, he should be on a freaking plane to Charlotte right now. Hey, you watch your mouth. Okay, <laughs> You know the problem? You know what the problem was, Buzz? We weren't together today, and I blame you because you held your little get-together last night. If we were together today, Ross Detweiler comes out and he shuts him down and doesn't give up those four runs. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sox to lose, it's, but he would have been way yeah, better. It's only Sox. crazy if it doesn't yeah. work, guys. Right, exactly. Exactly. Oh, my God. You better be careful saying that he's going to be on a plane back to Charlotte because his wife might be on Twitter, just like Hector <laughs> Santiago's wife, and you, he, you know, they're coming after you. Let's get into that. <laughs> that topic, yeah, I'm done with this game, so I agree, Tone. Let's get into that. So Hector Santiago's wife came after somebody on Twitter today who said that Hector Santiago's washed up. Well, yeah, he said I'm sick of seeing like he basically verbatim like the words were, uh, you know, I'm sick of seeing like it was like Irvin Santana, Ross Detweiler, Hector Santiago, 
Odrisimor de Spagne, you know, names like that. And, um, you know, that we've had enough bad pitching to last a lifetime this, you know, this season or whatever. And his wife went at said Twitter user and was just like, I watch more games than you do. He was an all-star, yada, yada, yada. I'm like, okay, okay. Like, you know, listen, I might have feelings on the certain Twitter user that put this on there for getting cheap likes or whatever, but he's not wrong. No. He wasn't um, wrong, and, you know, I'm sorry. Like, and anybody could defend anybody on Twitter. It's fine. Like, if his wife wants to stick up for him, no doubt. You know, no doubt. His wife looked at his baseball reference page. That's what I want to know. Guys, one thing that I want to comment here, though, is I, I agree with that that take that, you know, I'm it, we've had enough patchwork. I talk about the Angels being patchwork. That's more of their roster type. I mean, granted, the White Sox are, too. So I, I guess it could go both ways here. But it is extreme patchwork that we've seen, especially with those dumpster dives that we've brought in. Um, and you look down in Charlotte, though. And there is nothing it's better. It's a freaking there wasteland. Is nothing better. Seriously. Like, if you go to the, it's a scary hours if you're going into Charlotte Knights uh, pitching stats on their website, man. These ERAs are going to give me nightmares. Right. So it just goes back. He's like, he's not wrong. And, and Hector Santiago did actually, he himself tweeted, but what did he say? Like, you got to love Sox fans or something like that. that yeah. Was, yeah. That was in, in direct reply to this. He's like, you got to love these kind of Sox fans. Well, then it broke off into something else where, you know, somebody had said something. And then all of a sudden it was like Hector Santiago's wife just getting into the replies and, and holding an argument over whether or not Hector Santiago is good right now. And I'm all about sticking up for your man. I think that's admirable. Like, I would love that if my wife was doing that. I'm sure, Buzz, you'd feel the same way. Like, wow, you know, I've got I've got my woman sticking up for me. But at the same point in time, I don't think this is even really an argument. I mean, Hector Santiago is not a world beater by any means. She brings up the point that he was an all-star. That was in 2015. That was four years ago. Baseball's a game of what have you done for me lately? Hector yeah. Santiago, what have you done for me lately? You're not getting wins. You're not getting wins. You're not looking good. You know what I mean? Like even, even with the uh, the AAA stats, I'm trying to pull them up here now. Uh, Hector Santiago, five point eight four ERA in that wasteland of AAA. That's not good. It's not, not good, good at Bob. all. No. <laughs> so if she's watching the games, uh, maybe she's doing a little one awaiting and cracking them a little too much instead of actually watching what's going on. <laughs> Was it, weren't we happy yesterday when he hit 94 on the gun? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, mean, <laughs> I, th- I thought he was down in, like, the, you know, just 90. Like, I thought that was where he was at this point. But, yeah. I'd... Yeah. You know, I, I honestly, dude, like, if you sit back and you look at it, you can't be, like, I don't know. I, I understand, like you said, Tone, like, you know, sticking up for your guy and everything like that. But I'm sure Hector probably realizes a little bit, too. So White Sox fan base is just so sick and tired of losing. And then... This year, the com- almost a complete 180 out of a lot of people thinking that the rebuild's going to fail. It's been a very dark place. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it, with that being said, it's just like you, you kind of think that they might understand because like this rebuild that we were told would probably work and all this stuff has just been derailed by injuries, which obviously the team can't help, you know, whatever. But... There's, there's a good cause for concern, and then it comes back to what we talked about in our first episode, not landing any key free agents, 
It's just stuff like that. So, you know, that's why the fan base is so mad. Yeah. So Hector Santiago's wife, you get you get credit. Maybe Tony will uh, pour you a glass of wine real quick uh, for your attempts here tonight and how uh, <laughs> you defended your husband. But the guy yeah. who posted it wasn't wrong. You know, I just wanted just one thing on Hector Santiago's reply is like, oh, got to love these White Sox fans, whatever that was. Well, buddy, you've been here three times. Um, have things gotten that much better? No. <laughs> like, this is your third go around with the White Sox. Um, and I think it's been, I guess, technically last year was the worst uh, if you're going straight up record wise. But still, fans are frustrated. Um, and th- that is a crop of because you. you He's with the the Mets earlier this season, and he split time between their AAA and their big league club. I think he had like seven games, eight games with the big league club up in New York. And now he's done, you know, that not that many games with the White Sox, but he was between AAA too and here and just kind of brought up as a filler. That's what it is. And the White Sox fans are sick of the fillers, but I hate to break it to you, but like I had said, those names on the Charlotte Knights uh, <laughs> pitching staff, I mean, what, 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 here's, some, here's something bad. Here's something bad. Right now, the guy with the, like, arguably, like, the best ERA, like, down there, who looks like the most viable option, is Odris Merges. <laughs> sitting at 3-4-6. Woo! We all so, know how that you know, went. Like, yeah, like, th- that's what we're dealing with right now. Everybody else who has a better ERA, the only, the only one that we haven't seen is Tanner Banks. And he's only appeared in two games. Um, everybody else around them, Evan Marshall, Cordero, Ruiz, Osich, Bummer, they're already up. They're already up. So your your best yeah. option down there, if you're looking at ERA and kind of the peripherals around it, is Odrissimer Despagne. And then you go down, and the next one yeah. is some guy named Matt Foster. Yeah, that's my dog. He doesn't like say, the dude, what? He doesn't like these stats. Oh, I, dude, I thought I had a tumor for a minute. I was like, "What the hell is that?" No, man? He's, he's barking. He's barking in agreement of how bad the AAA pitching is right now. That was a bark of agreement. I heard it. <laughs> I, I tell you, man. I, the only like t- good takeaway I have from the weekend in general is, is Bill Walton because Moe's from the office was just. <laughs> Not great, Bob. And then today, you know, that dude wasn't too bad who joined Benetti. He wasn't horrible. But I thought he was all right. I thought yeah, he, was, he, he was all right. Good. Yeah, he was he at was least, he was good. He wasn't great. Right. At least Walton put a smile on my face. And I know he drove you absolutely up a wall, Tone. Um but I wouldn't say he drove me up a wall. Tony's just disoriented about it. I was it. just disoriented <laughs> by the whole thing. Like I just didn't know what to do with myself. <laughs> Buzz, Buzz, I was with you, though, because I was ready to get weird Friday night. I kind of warmed up to it after my meltdown. I, I think I got my my anger out of the way Thursday night when Tony and I were doing you know doing this real late uh, after that one and the, the pseudo Ricky's boys don't quit at the end oh, and all okay. that. And I, I made a comment on there. They said, oh, it's probably going to be insufferable. Um, it, it was just ridiculous. So, so ridiculous. Uh, if you want to go back and listen to some of our favorite quotes from that, the Friday Night Post game show is, uh, you know, a lot of them. Uh, we said a lot of them, and then the notes with all of them completely are out there uh, on Twitter. If you care to uh, go view those again, if you need something to laugh about. But um, let's, let's get a favorite moment, though. It's going to be hard to pick because there is so much to pick from. But uh, let's just go around and get a favorite moment. I feel like that's a good segment for this Sunday Funday episode. 
I I just have to my I have to say it. My favorite moment the whole time is when he was talking about McCann, and how he's like, you know, I, I the high and low comment. That's what that's what just you know I I'd rather get a little high than a little low. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like yeah, that just had me. Yeah. That had me rolling just because that was funny. It was either that or the Viagra thing with his grandkids in there. <laughs> just so yeah, like only Bill Walton. Right. You know, he's just, he's such a funny guy. But either the two of those, I mean, he had so many good ones that we were talking about last night, Nani, like when he, when Tim Anderson fouled the ball backwards and he thought it was gone. Yeah. And he goes, whoops, it went the wrong way. Like this. <laughs> I, uh, that one got me too a little bit. I, I don't know. I, I, if I had to choose, it might be actually probably the Tim Anderson one because that one just had me rolling. Tony. Oh, there's too many of these to choose from. Like, there really is. I mean, the whole <laughs> thing was just such a spectacle. Um, shit. Uh, you know, it, it, it could be the sign-off. The White Sox forever. That is <laughs> it's just the best thing ever. I know we Line closed our show. Parade, the Michigan day. Avenue. <laughs> yeah, I mean, on the next World Series DVD, I hope that they use that sign-off as you know, the parade is going down Michigan Avenue, and it's Bill yes. Walton narrating the whole thing. Um, so that's got to be my favorite moment because I could just I could see this guy's excitement for it, and like if only he followed the White Sox and knew how we all felt about everything. It was just so so far the opposite of how everybody's felt about this team. And Bill Walton seemed like he generally loved that game, even if it was just this one game that the White Sox actually played really well in, that Bill Walton got to experience. He looked at this team as if they were some championship team, and maybe it was an act. Maybe he's smarter than we think. He probably is. And this was all just some sort of joke. But to me, for that moment, when the White Sox do eventually win a World Series, whether it's in 2021, 2030, 2040, I hope they go back to that audio clip that says, you know, line up the parades, Michigan Avenue, White Sox forever. I need yeah. them to do that. I think so it was Tony, just it was too good. Tony, even if they they don't choose to go that route, um, I will definitely be able to uh, grab that and put it together. Um, Thank you, Johnny. You, yeah, you, you, you got work. Yeah, uh, I, I, I that needs to be done either way. Whoever gets to it, so um, I hope they do it officially. That would be great on the DVD tone. Um, but. Either way, we'll have it. We'll have it when it happens. Well, I'm, I'm going to go, since you guys took some, I think Buzz made a couple of good ones, and I really do like the sign-off, too. But if we're just going straight-up ridiculousness, uh, fourth inning of that game, <laughs> Wellington Castillo hits a leadoff double, and he's like, oh, the epitome of Usain Bolt as he's rounding first. And like, this is Beef Castillo, one of the slowest runners on the team. And then when when uh, Beef finally scored, he, ca- he came around to score on uh, Yolmer's, uh, you know, bunt single that uh, they, did, they weren't able to get to him so uh, it would have been a squeeze if not you know they, they did still give him so it's an RBI bunt single what it was but Beef Castillo's coming home and he says Usain Bolt crosses the plate and there's nothing anyone can do about it just bursting through the tape <laughs> Beef Castillo compared to Usain Bolt I never ever thought I'd hear it and the only place you could ever hear that is from someone like Bill Walton yeah Absolutely. you're never going to hear that again you're never going to hear that again ever you know what? After one more, uh, not one of my favorite moments, but one where he like, I felt like he stuttered a little bit is when he was talking about Lucas Giolito. He goes, come on, Lucas, put the city of Chicago on your broad shoulder. 
I'm like, what are you? It's like that long pause is what yeah. got me. Because I was like, what the f- is he talking about, man? Like, I, but uh, I loved every minute of it. I know a lot of people didn't, and that just you know, obviously we you know, it, uh, White Sox Twitter wise, we saw a lot of people who did not like it. But I'll tell you what, I. I enjoyed it thoroughly, and I was glad that I got to tell Tony to be ready for uh, – because Tony had never listened to Bill Walton before uh, broadcast, so I I thought it was pretty cool that he got to check that out and my excitement with it, you know, just because he does so good in college basketball. He just cracks me up. So that was that was my highlight of the weekend, I guess. Yeah. Besides all be. hanging out – I mean, Sox game-wise, besides all hanging out Saturday and, and cracking them and stuff like that. But Sox game-wise, obviously Friday was awesome. Yeah, um, play of the week, though. I think that's a good segment for this one. Uh, we talked about, you know, his favorite moment there, and obviously that was a specific broadcast from that Bill Walton one. Um, but uh, we can get a moment of the week, and obviously there's two big bops to choose from. I'm going to go with the McCann Grand Slam against Houston since uh, Tony and I were in attendance for that, um, especially after <laughs> just a barn burner of a game. Uh, most oh, runs yeah. of White Sox end up scoring in a game this season, 13 there. Um, and, and we needed that. It was clutch. It barely got over. Uh, the, the wind helped them out a little bit. But, man, doing that to Houston, uh, propelling oh, yeah. us to take two of three opportune time, being very opportunistic games we can. Uh, two strikes, two outs uh, in that eighth inning. Bases loaded, puts one into that bullpen in right field, and we were going nuts in the 108, Tony. So th- that's got to be my moment of the week. Um, and, and, you know, this series sucks this weekend. Obviously, we're going to drive that home, but I-, I do think we need to, you know, at least reflect a little bit on taking two or three from the Astros. That was fun. Yeah, it was. And I think play of the week, you got to go. Tony Twista was three for three on weather forecasts during that series and, and leading into uh, the the Angels series. Uh, just a beautiful performance, I think, from that guy. Um, you know, you figured it out in the uh, in the middle of that, that doubleheader rain delay that we had going on there. And then next day at the ballpark, back out there cracking him. But what a guy. Tr- truly epic. I, uh, man, moment of the week for me is either going to be uh, McCann's Grand Slam uh, because I mean that was just awesome. You know, it was awesome to watch. And I, which I, I grand you guys slam? Were there I was. Uh, the Houston, the, the the bottom of the eighth, uh, winning the series. They were against both Houston. bottom. Or I guess yeah, it was top of the eighth on the road. But it's just funny that you know they're both eighth inning grand slams for McCann this week. So I was just asking you <laughs> which one. Right. Nice that we have two um, of those to talk about. Right. So I think it's either that or uh, Lucas Giolito's performance on Friday. Uh, he did real. You know, he played real well. So. He did, um, but that, I, that's I mean, pretty much I all it. I got for the week. I mean, Eloy hit a couple bombs too, so um, yeah. you know that, that's, that's also nice to see as well. Yeah, no, I've got to. If I really have to go back and pick one, though, it's got to be the uh, the McCann bomb at home. Um, just being there for that with with Nani in, in the 108, and I think it was just Cherizi and his wife at that point in time. Um, just you know, closing that series out, ending the homestand on on a great note. Um, nothing better than that. Nope. That was great. Um, th- th- I want to just, you know, it sucks. I don't want to go negative here, but how White Sox is that of them to take two of three from the AL, you know, just, just uh, the juggernaut. That's what I call the Astros, a straight up juggernaut. And I know Garrett Cole was scratched in game two on, uh, of that double header on Tuesday night, but you know, you, you still got to go out and get the job done. And uh, you, you get an Ivan Nova complete game in there too. Uh just unbelievable stuff there, but then how White Sox of that is of that uh, is them um, to go out to Anaheim and just get 
spanked in three or four. Um, I know it was closer the score uh, than it looked on uh, both Thursday and Saturday, but just very disappointing on Saturday. And then, you know, just the false hope on Thursday night, I think um, that's so White Sox guys. Yeah. I got to agree with you on that, Johnny. That is so White Sox. Yeah, well, I, I I think so too. And uh, didn't didn't I say something earlier about how they'll actually take care of Houston? And then we we got that positivity back. I think all of us did. Yeah. Um, talking about this Angel series, I think we referred it to like we're not scared about going to the West Coast to face the Angels, and then that's the team that you know kicks the crap out of us. I think you put it really well there, Johnny. That that's so White Sox. Yeah, absolutely. It is. That's that's what we signed up for, I guess. Um, but do do we want to move into? You got anything else from the week, or do we want to move into uh, Minnesota here? I've got nothing else for the week, man. All right, uh, let's move into Minnesota. At least we have our stopper buzz. Ivan Nova uh, is taking the mound. Game one at Minnesota. Monday night, 7.10 p.m. Central Time start. Uh, he will be going up against Kyle Gibson, who has had a very nice season um, for the Twins with an 11-5 record. Uh, 4.28 ERA, but obviously still getting some results. Uh, that is a lot driven by the um, offense that he has behind him, that Twins offense that is just, for whatever reason, hitting the snot out of the ball this year. Um so it's going to be a tough one. I don't know if we've been back to Minnesota since, but I always just go back to it because I was kind of off the grid for Memorial Day weekend. I remember when we went up there hoping to like hear at least some good news about the White Sox, and they just didn't show up. I think they went off the grid more than I did that weekend, guys. Um, and so that just kind of lingers in my mind as like my last memories of them being up there. And I think I just have a bad taste in my mouth from all the years of Torrey Hunter robbing us. I know he's long removed from uh, that Twins team, but it's just something about being up there uh, just kind of scares me. And I predicted well, us to get swept in the series. Yikes. The last time we were up there, uh, Johnny, we lost 11 to 4, 8 to 1, 7 to nothing, 6 to 4. Yikes. Yeah, yikes. So, um, you know, obviously, I mean, you're, you're threatening, you know, you're threatening to get your ass kicked here by, by Minnesota. I mean, they're almost 30 games above 500. They're sitting at 76 and 48 right now as we speak. And uh, the White Sox are be coming in going at 55 and 68. And, um, you know, they're not, again, it's just so hard. It's like the team's so hot and cold because you come out and you beat Houston, you take the series from them, then you drop three or four to, to Los Angeles, and now you're going to the division leader, Minnesota, who we haven't, you know, particularly been playing that well this year. You know what I mean? So it's just, I don't know. I'm kind of scared, man. I'm, th- I'm thinking bad things. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's, <laughs> you know, I go back to the whole baseball's a weird sport thing that I that I said before the Houston series. But, you know, the White Sox, they don't do a very good job of giving us much hope going into playing these good teams. They really don't. We, we talked about it right before the Houston series, just case in point. You know, there, there really wasn't much going for this team. Now, let's talk about a positive coming into this series. It looks like Yohan Moncada is going to be back. Um, so we're going to add him to the lineup. We're going to probably see a roster move coming here. He um, was not in Charlotte's lineup today. So, yeah, Tony. Yeah, I would expect him back in the lineup. Now, you got your stopper, Nova. He's looked great. So, you know, if we, we want to start looking at some of the things that could kind of sway this, at least game one for the Sox, 
you've got Nova on the mound, which shouldn't really Zero. inspire confidence for you, but he's been hey, pretty damn good. What have you done for me lately? You had said it earlier. Yeah. Well, his last four games, 0.49 ERA. He has two complete games in that stretch, and he has looked like the only reliable P- – I mean, not Giolito, too, but – he's looked like the most reliable uh, piece in that rotation uh, over those last four. So, well, and, uh, and here's the other thing. I look at the fit, the pitching matchups for this whole entire series. You've got Nova, who you just rattled off these stats. Looks pretty damn good to me. Ronaldo Lopez, second half has been much better for him. I know the last start eh, was eh, not that great, but, um, you know, he, he's been pretty good. And then Lucas Giolito. You're going right back. These are the big three for the White Sox right now. You're putting your best pitchers on the mound against these guys. I'm I'm happier with that than than throwing Dylan Cease out there against these guys and knowing that we're going to get lit up for probably more than your one home run in the first two innings that Dylan Cease likes to give up. I mean, this Minnesota Twins team, they kill the ball. They absolutely obliterate home runs all over the place. So, Nova... Lopez, Giolito, I think that gives you your best chances to be competitive in these ballgames. You add Yohan Moncada back to this lineup. You've got an Eloy Jimenez who's on fire right now over the last few games. Uh, McCann's been coming up big. He's kind of corrected himself. Um, you got Timmy who's hitting the ball. Uh, Lure Garcia is healthy for right now. So you do have a little bit of stuff com- coming into here. The results just weren't there in this Angels series. Now, this would be a really good series for the White Sox to provide some excitement for the fan base by taking two of three out of Minnesota. Whether that comes tomorrow via Ivan Nova throwing a complete game against the Minnesota Twins, now that wouldn't that be fun? Um, but I don't know. I, I I think baseball's weird, and just because we've had this terrible terrible series against the Angels, we'll get a little bit extra from the White Sox. I think coming into this one, that's, that's what I'm hoping for at least. Oh, I sure the hell hope you're right. You know, we could use a little bit of excitement, you know, um, but I, I'm going to ride with my guy tomorrow, dude. I think, I, I think Nova's, uh, he's just turned the corner. He's become a different guy. I don't know what you think, Nani, but I'm until he proves me wrong. I got to keep going with the guy. Yeah, and that, those stats that I'd provided, those were over his last five. So and even you know oh, more okay. innings to do that in zero point four nine ERA. I had said four, I believe, but it was over his last five actually. Um, four of those wins, one of them a no decision, but that was a Philly game. Um, that I think that was the ridiculous um, whatever fifteen inning game. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I do. Oddly enough, I never thought I'd say this in mid July or mid August about. Ivanova um, being who I feel confident about here. And I do about Giolito as well. I do think he will throw well. And Reynaldo Lopez gives you all the hope in the world, like Tony just uh, laid it out there with how he's been performing in the second half. Really hasn't had a blip. So uh, that's all positive signs uh, going forward in here. And then I think the other uh, positive sign for me is just in, in how I, you know, I kind of uh, about the juju like you are, Buzz. Um, <laughs> seriously, because I predicted them to get swept in this one. I said we were going to take three or four from Anaheim. Look how that turned out. Uh, opposite that, so let's flip that for this one as well. Okay. Juju, tie tie, all the little, you know, socks on tap isms. Yeah, socks yeah on I was gonna say socks here. on tap slash buzz isms. Yeah. The juju and the tie tie. Yeah, I'm gonna go split for the series. I'm gonna split it, Johnny. I think I think it's gonna. I think we're split it. So uh, that's what I'm looking for right now. How the hell do you split, split a three game series? I thought it was four game. 
Is it three? Is it three? Oh, my bad. Okay, we're gonna win two. <laughs> we're gonna buy one. He's what? Tie-tie. Oh, dude, I'm fine. I'm drunk and I'm tight. I thought it was four. What am I looking at? Oh, that's because that's September. My bad. Okay. Sorry about that. Yeah, I'm taking two. I'm taking two. Two out of three. I don't know about you, Tone. I'm I'm going two out of three here too, and I'm giving them to Nova and and Giolito. Yeah, I mean I can't walk mine back. I had already put that out there before. Um, just stick to my word. We're gonna get swept, and then there we go. Uh, that's then they just gonna prove me wrong. So that's just you. How it works. You could do whatever you want. If you want to walk it back, you could walk it back because you're Johnny, goddamn Nani. <laughs> uh, I I would go realistically though. If I was gonna make a realistic one, then I'd say one. Just the Twins are. They scare me, man. They scare but, me. I mean, you got to line up. You got to line up the parade, Michigan Avenue, man. White Sox right forever. White Sox forever. White Sox forever. That's yeah. what I'm talking about. I love it. That's all you got to do. That's all you got to do right there. Now, um, one of the things I think, Buzz, you and I talked a little bit about this, and I think this is a good way to to close it out here. One prospect that you want to see before the end of the season. There goes the dog again. Okay. He does not like when we talk about the Charlotte Knights. <laughs> one prospect you guys want to see. Uh, before the end of the season, it's not Luis Robert. Let's well, go. Just, just because this has been such a hot topic on Twitter as well during the week, you know, you've seen people having conversations about, you know, bringing Zach Collins back up or giving Sebi a chance because, you know, Will and Castillo has played so poorly, all you know, all year long or whatever. Um, a guy that I'd like to see come up, definitely I'd like to see Zach Collins come back up because he's he's hitting better off left-handed uh, pitchers in Charlotte. And, he, I mean, he's completely raised his average since his demotion. And if he's really a part of your future, I think that you want to see him back up. Um, I'm also intrigued by uh, – I'm not even trying to say his first name because I'll butcher it and everybody gets mad when I butcher names. But it's German Mercedes, right? Something like that? That's right. Yeah, okay, good. I was right. Yeah, I mean, he, you know, that dude's got some serious power behind him. Um believe he's batting over 300 in Charlotte. Uh, I don't have the stats pulled up in front of me, but I, I'm pretty sure that's what I saw earlier. Um, so, you know, I, he'd be another interesting, um, you know, interesting guy to bring up. But that would just be for that DH role that's been just eluding us all year, you know, trying to find somebody to fill that role because mm-hmm. defensively he's not all he's not all that. You know what I'm saying? So it'd be between those two guys. But if I had to pick, it would be Collins because he's he's versatile like that. I know people say the White Sox don't believe in him as being a catcher, but he he has been behind the plate and he can play first base as well. So I, I think it'd be Collins is who I'd like to see give him another crack at it. Um, so I'll preface mine with Luis Robert should be joining the series, uh, you know, jo- joining the team for the series at Minnesota. I'll preface it with that, even though you said besides Luis Robert, Tony. So then my besides Luis Robert one would be um, – I got to agree with Buzz with Zach Collins for all those aforementioned reasons, the improvement at Charlotte. Um, you, you want him part of your future plans. You don't draft a guy eighth overall uh, for him to sit in AAA uh, and be a quad A player. That, that's not what you want there. Um, I think, Tony, you and I have had lengthy discussions via text at, late at night going into 2 in the morning sometimes uh, discussing that we need more from uh, these high draft picks like that. So I, I would say Zach Collins as well. But I, I would 
I would like to just see when the rosters expand what this is. I mean, this is the last year that we're going to have them expanding. So I would like to see, can Yerman Mercedes, you know, bring that pop to the big league level? I know there's a lot of factors there. There's a juice ball in AAA, and Charlotte's ballpark is just an absolute launching pad, so that probably pads his numbers a little bit there. And I guess right. you got to take a grain of salt with all of these guys, then even a guy like Luis Robert, even though he's been putting him so far that they would have gone out at the rate anyway in most major league ballparks. Um but, yeah, I, I got to go with Zach Collins if you're talking about future outlook here and what these guys are going to mean to us going forward because I want Zach Collins to be a meaningful player um, for the reasons that Buzz had mentioned, uh, the versatility, and he has been playing a lot of first base at Charlotte as well when you see their lineup every day. Um, he's pretty there. He's there fairly frequently. Um, but then uh, you just got to expect, expect more out of a high draft pick like that. Tony? You know, uh, Zach Collins is definitely a candidate. Um, I think Sebi Zaval is also a candidate, even though his numbers have been terrible down at Charlotte. Uh, just getting him another chance to get some regular at-bats. I really don't think you're going to see either of those catchers or even Mercedes come up and really steal time from McCann. Um, if if Castillo was getting DFA'd, it would have happened already. That's kind of my opinion on that. Um, I think Danny Mendick is another guy that uh, – we'd like to see come up here and and get a little shot at some time. Mm-hmm. Um, the dude's been awesome down in, in Yeah, AAA. that was a good, that was a good one tone. I, I I was just thinking about that in my that's, head before we brought it up. That, that's another good one because, you know, Ryan Goins was okay at first, but the, I feel like these guys have a little bit of a, you know, little honeymoon period right as soon as they get up there all amped and whatever. And then, you well, know, Ryan Goins making errors like costly ones like he did on uh, Saturday night. Well, you know, against the Angels. you, you yeah. want to see something different <laughs> even if it's <laughs> Even if it ends up in the same result, you just want to see something yeah. different to start. You've got you've got Goins and Matt Skull, I think, who are easily replaceable on this roster. Obviously, Goins could be a candidate to go back down once Moncada's back. Um, you know, the, I think one of the frustrating things you talk about trying to see something new all the time. Have the White Sox really decided what they're doing with Yolmer Sanchez? Have they decided? You know, it, it took forever to get through the Jose Rondon period. Um, have we seen enough of Ryan Goins to decide, you know, is he going to be part of this? I don't think he is. I mean, he's a little bit older than some of these other guys. I know Mendick, uh, I'm not really sure on the age here, but uh, he's a little older too. You know, you didn't really give these guys a shakeout at all at, at this year to see what was going on because you started Yolmer at second base all year and you never really gave any other opportunities out there. Um you know, we talk about the whole perpetual rebuild and trying to figure some of this stuff out and why why it's good to give some of these guys chances. Um, you know, have have you really closed the book on Daniel Palka? You know, if this year was really punted back in in the the first two weeks of the second half, why haven't we seen some roster changeover at all? That's that's one of my questions here is why haven't we seen some of these guys come up and get a chance? You're not trying for the wild card at this point in time. That's long gone. So why are we still running the same thing out there day in, day out? Why is Wellington Castillo getting at bats? Is he part of the future? I don't think so. So why isn't Zach Collins back up after he starts mashing down at AAA right away? You know, I, I, I think these are missed opportunities to really go and, you know, you're not trying to tank, but you're trying to get some of these guys some experience. That's what bothers me about this. So a guy like Mendick, let's get him up here. Let's see what he can do. Um, yeah, I hate you know, that that notion that they feel like it's tanking you know. by bringing those up. I hate that notion. You're losing anyway. <laughs> you're 
know what I mean? Yeah, and it's a filling out process for guys like, okay, so yeah, we, you know, I think you'd said we gave Jose Rondon that took forever to end. Uh, Tony trying to get that sneaky power every once in a while, so sneaky you never even saw it. Um, <laughs> you never, you're never even going to see, we saw some Ryan Goins here. I, I know it's still, you know, if, if that's his shakeout compared to like a Yulmer Sanchez or someone else. Um, that's unfair to him, but it, that's baseball. It's business. Um, Danny Mendick has not gotten a shot at all. Um, I do think that the, that's a good question. And when you asked uh, why haven't we seen these guys, I was going to go the uh, you know the the Tootsie Pop commercial. The world may never know. <laughs> you know, it, it just it's bothersome because what are we gonna are we gonna try Danny Mendick next year? I I freaking hope not. Well, give him a shot before Madrigal or something like that. That's second yeah, day. No. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, wh- why are we still doing this? This is, I'd like this to be the last year that we're trying people out to see if there's something, you know, the Charlie Tilsons, the Ryan Cordells, all that type of stuff. This is the, this should be the last year that we're trying to do this stuff. When does it end? That's my question. When does it end? So why not roll through some of these guys, have a short leash on this. If you come up and you perform, maybe you've got a shot. But, you know, keeping some of these guys around who are just meh, it's not helping. It's it's really not helping, and it doesn't show any sort of – it's not a show of good faith from the front office that says, you know, we're rolling through this the, – the sneaky power type guys or the – the 4A players to see if some of them can compete at the major league level so that we get through that period of the rebuild and we get to the actual players to, to weed out the guys that aren't going to be here and actually put together a roster that's formidable that can compete. You know, it just seems like they're saving some of these guys around to do what? I don't know. I think that's a question burning on every Sox fan's mind who, you know, is paying attention day in, day out with both prospects and the uh, big league team. Tony, um, I wish I had answers for you. I don't. Um, it's frustrating, though. Yeah, it is frustrating. Uh, one thing about Charlotte, now that we're talking about him and everything like that, and I know your dog gets upset, so I'm trying to talk a little quiet so he doesn't get, get mad and bark, but uh, they <laughs> broke a franchise record for the most home runs in a season. Uh, they have 191 home runs this season, and they have 14 games left. So Charlotte has launched 191 home runs this season with 14. 14- Team games left to go, so uh, we do have some guys with pop down there, huh? You know, yeah. I mean, damn, Luis Luis Louis Robert already has ten of them down there. I think it went off yeah. of Dianir Navarro today. I saw that. Yeah, he had yeah, two today. That's pretty funny. Yeah, um, Luis Robert should be joining the White Sox with the Twins in Minneapolis on Monday. You gonna put money on that, big better guy? I said he should. He's going to. <laughs> I know that. That's. I'm just gonna. I'll uh, talk until I'm blue in the face about it. It's time. Let's start the feeling out process. I, I don't. I don't want him to have a Moncada year. I don't want him to have an Eloy year. Although Eloy, I will give him props. Definitely picking it up as of late. Um, but I. I if there's going to be if there's going to be a lumps, then you're just punting 2020 again, and it's just frustrating as a fan. And I know every guy develops at their own pace. I get all of that. But there's also something called a competitive window. So that's my concern, Rick Hahn. Did we, did we all see Eloy's year compared to Dion Vicieto and uh, Daniel Palka's last year? On no, I didn't. This week? Fill me in. So Kenwell had put out a nice tweet about how Dion Vicieto, like he threw three players out there, no names. Stat that lines was the first ABC year. thing, right? Yep. And one 
was Viciedo in his rookie year. One was Daniel Paca in his rookie year. And one was Eloy Jimenez in his rookie year. And the best stat line was my guy, Diane Viciedo, um, in the rookie year. And he kind of, you know, felt out what people had to say. And, of course, people were coming back at him with, like, well, Eloy Jimenez is so much better than, than both of those guys. Stats, stats tend not to lie about the kind of year people have. And, Johnny, I wanted to get into this with you because, you know, Daniel Palka wasn't really a, a prized prospect, but he did have a really good year. And I think we all know that Eloy Jimenez probably has the highest ceiling out of any of those guys. But when Diane came up, he wasn't exactly a slouch. Mm-hmm. People had really big expectations for this guy. Yeah. Really big expectations. Um, I don't know if they were Eli Jimenez high, and I, I, I can personally say that I didn't follow the minor league system or international signings or any of that as closely as I do now. But I remember him being hyped as like, here's the next Frank Thomas. Here's the next big bopper for the Sox. This guy's a tank. He's going to be awesome. You know, and Hawk Harrelson mm-hmm. talked him up until he was blue in the face. And, you know, if you look at the rookie stats and all these guys look the same, you know, we talk about trends and track records and everything. I'm not saying that Eloy is going to fail out and be a, the next hero for the Chunichi Dragons over in Japan. <laughs> but, you know, it, it's it's kind of worrisome a little bit when you when you look at it from that level and just be like, OK, well, this guy kind of performed at that rate. What's going to happen next year? Now, obviously, if you if you go and you look at some of the track records, guys like, yo, I'm not and we talk about this all the time, like oh, the first year we have these struggles and everything. What if next year isn't better? What if we what if we get another injury ruled riddled season from Eloy Jimenez? You know, these are possibilities. It's not it's <laughs> I've said it before. Eloy's a liability out in left field. Guy runs into walls. He runs over teammates. He hurts his elbow and he's out for two weeks. You know, it's crazy shit happens. So I just thought it was very interesting that Kenwell put that out there. And I really like that drill because people like to come at Kenwell, you know, with the whole meatball thing and, you know, all that, but when you really sit back and look at it, let's put shit in perspective. It's this it the, the numbers don't lie here. This is a this is a Daniel Palka, Diane Viciedo, Eloy Jimenez rookie year. They all look pretty similar. How does that make you feel? Not great, Bob. Um yeah. <laughs> I I didn't see that, so thank you for filling me in on that, Tony. Um, Definitely very interesting to take into account. I do think one thing that, I mean, just in the stats, and I know stats are, you know, they are what they are. They're indicative of what your performance is in that year. There's no denying that. But uh, I do think Eloy's power is a little more effortless, and um, (laughs) I think that that gives him a leg up in there. But, yeah, when you're talking about, like, the hype behind it, uh, it's just, that's what we have to be excited about because nothing else is really super shiny uh, with Yohan Mankata being out at this point in time. So that's who people are going to turn to. They're, that's why people are slobbering over Luis Robert uh, grainy highlight videos from Charlotte, AAA. Um, it's unfortunate. I don't want to be at that point next year, and I want I wanted Eloy to come on and be a Rookie of the Year candidate, maybe not win the thing, but be an AL Rookie of the Year candidate. Not going to happen because of the injuries and some of the downswing uh, periods earlier on in the season. Um, so uh, it will be – then again, though, I don't know if he – I didn't see the exact tweet, so, Tony, I don't know if he did it. Uh, um, just Did he put the number of games played up there, or did he just use the full uh, – I think it was played appearances. Through a number of plate appearances, yeah, yeah I, it was. I don't, I don't even know if he went that far. I think it was just the year. 
Um, okay. I'm trying, well, then, I'm trying to pull then, it up. What I will say to you then is with Eloy heating up right now, let's see if he can end the year on a tear. That, I think that's going to be the biggest thing for me to look out for here. It's starting right now. Home runs, back-to-back games for yep. triple today. I like that. I begged for doubles a couple, you know, a week and a half ago. I got doubles this past week, and I'm excited about that. Yep, that does absolutely. make me excited. Um, so there, there is. Uh, I don't want to be negative, Nancy, negative Nani all the time. <laughs> um, but you're getting uh, a negative Nani shirt now. Yeah, oh, yeah. Um, but it, it's uh, I, I will hold out some hope for you, and I, I obviously have to. He's, he's signed. He's here. He's going to be here for a long time. Um, so the, let's hope that the numbers just start to trend upward even further. And next year is his tear up the league year. I had to you know kick things down the road, but you can't go back and change what he's done this year. So um, and stay healthy. That's gonna be a huge thing too for him. So that's I guess I guess that's my take on it. Um, end the year hot, and that'll give me a lot more faith. Yeah, no, Buzz, there was no there was no play-to-play appearances on this. The, oh, okay. the exact tweet read, let's see players A, B, C in their first season. Player A, 255, 300, 444 with 25 home runs and 75 RBIs. Player B, 240, 294, 484, 27 home runs, 67 RBIs. And player C, 240, 294, 461, 20 home runs, 47 RBIs. Obviously, player C is Eloy. He's got some time to add to it. Um, from for right now, he's up to 22 home runs. Yep. Uh, I'm not quite sure what the the RBIs and, and average and the rest of the slash line look. So he's got plenty of time to add to it. Um, but, you know, it's very similar um, with the chance to finish around the same. If Eloy stays hot, maybe he can get up to 30, I think, maybe at the most. That, that, that might be a stretch. But that's still close to the 27 that Paul could put up. Mm-hmm. He was player B, player A, obviously, Diane Vecino. Yeah. Who, who knows? Maybe we, we talked about this kind of backtracking on what we had said earlier, but maybe Polk is another one to just see. I know he had his couple stints where he was just putrid when he came just up to like Chicago. Just like like the last but, two raw or whatever. Yeah, it's something like that. And, you know, rosters expand. Charlotte's season ends earlier. That may be just something to I mean, uh, maybe, here, maybe Here's, maybe a, here's a real clear question for you. Does it matter if you see John Jay in the last three weeks of the season or Daniel Polk? It doesn't matter if we see John Jay now. I mean, yeah. I, I just think that the the one thing with with Polka and I, I, this is just off the top of my head. I know for a, a positive. I don't know if your browser is working, Tony, but mine is just being. I don't know why my computer is being crazy, but uh, I think he had I've like one. Hit, I think he's got like one hit on fifty two plate appearances or forty five plate. It was forty five or fifty two. I, I don't know why. It's like one one of those. He had like one hit on that, and yeah. it was like batting like point, you know, point zero two two or whatever. You know, so he was struggling mightily. I, I, I don't care. I'd like to see him come up, you know, because after what he did last year, just kind of well, give him the benefit of the doubt, see what he could do, because I'd rather see him than John Jay. Yeah, I, there's going to be there's going to be the rosters expanded. And this is the like I mentioned, I think this is something that's getting a little overlooked. This is the last year of that. The yeah. rosters don't expand like that, like to the max, like they do, um, like it always has been. It's not yeah. going to be like that go, in years nope. going forward. This is literally your last chance to do it. So right. let's let's just go all out and get everybody up. Yeah. <laughs> why not? <laughs> you know, yeah. why not? I uh, you know, that that'd be a really good show I think we can we can do on one of these Sunday fun days and touch on it. All the rule changes that are coming next year. Uh maybe we'll save it for the off season, but uh some interesting discussion I think between the three of us that we can have on on how we feel about some of these rule changes. That'd yep. be a fun one for sure. I mean, it's going to be upsetting cuz I hate change. But never know. change anything ever. Yeah, no. I I hate change. No, yeah. leave leave Dylan Covey in that rotation. 
because Buzz does not like change. Not, I don't mean like <laughs> that kind of change. You better knock it off. <laughs> you catch guy. these hands through Skype? Yeah, he's going to catch these hands through Skype. Well, all I got to do is put a foosball table in front of me and you, and you're going down. Oh, dude, that hurt like hell. Like, Actually, you know, yeah. I didn't want to say it in front of everybody, but I hit the left testy on that one. Like, when I jumped up like that, I don't know how it happened, but it, it didn't feel good, brutal. dude. So, it looked bad. So yeah, I, I know I know we were all excited about Diaz last night, but I think Buzz's foosball table over Buzz had to be the fight, uh, <laughs> featured fight on the card of UFC 241 last night. Um, yeah, we saw it live in person. Sure, yeah. we watched the other ones live on TV. We saw that live in person, Tony. Yeah. You heard you heard the boom, and then I dropped, uh, and then the alcohol healed me very quickly. So, the antidote. The antidote. So I was back up to normal. But that's all I got for tonight, boys. I love my yeah, Sunday Fundays with my guy with my guys, man. I'll tell you what, the Saturdays hanging out at the Buzz Cave or over, you know, at Tony's place and then coming, you know, and then recording on Sundays, it's always a great way to end the weekend. And even though the White Sox had a rough weekend, you know, it was nice to get on here, talk a little bit about what we want to see, what was been going on and what we're hoping for. So I, I dug it, man. One last thing we have, Buzz. We got to make our picks to click, and why don't you let everybody know who those are brought to you by? We'll get into those. We'll close it out. So we'll be making our Second City picks to click, and you can follow them on Twitter at Second City Picks or go to secondcitypicks.com. They give you uh, awesome gift cards to fine local eating establishments throughout the Chicagoland area. All you need to do is go on to their website that day and guess the score of a White Sox or a Cubs game. And I think they did Bears, too, during the preseason game, if I'm not mistaken. So They did. If you go and you guess the score and you get it right, you get a free gift card to a fine eating establishment. That's at Second City Picks. Free to enter. Free to enter. Yes, sir. Very easy. They send you free an email receipt so you know what your picks are. If you're doing a little too much cracking them and forget what they were, they send you an email receipt so you know what they are. And then uh, they get in contact with you when you win. That is it. Just go to secondcitypicks.com. Picks to click, though. What are we rolling with, guys? Eloy Jimenez. Just stealing it before you guys can. This guy's on fire right now. Uh, let's see that home run streak continue. I'm going Eli. Toss it over to either of you. I'm not going to hurt Tim Anderson because uh, Stick I Stick with start... Ryan Goins. <laughs> yeah, I'm just going <laughs> to we'll be on the roster tomorrow. <laughs> I'm going to go uh, I'm gonna go James McCann tomorrow. McCann. Uh, I'll go with Timmy then. I know you you have your your weird um, effect on players that you pick to click lately, Buzz. Uh, it's a, it's a bad trend. You're in a slump there. So hopefully McCann can break you out of that. Um, but I can go with Timmy. Mine have been I'd say in the middle. Uh, some good, some bad. Uh, so I'll I'll, I'll roll with uh, Timmy because I want to see that bomb. I want to see the bat flip. Um, the power, like we had talked about earlier uh, when we were talking about how crucial he can be in the series, uh, especially light a spark underneath this team, both emotionally and on the scoreboard, um, to help propel them after what, you know, can get you down. And these guys are human, too. I think people forget that. Baseball players are human. They'll take it to heart, and sure, that makes you angry and pissed off, and you want to go out and beat them, but uh, you got you got to have some on-field production to do that, and I think a Timmy Bomb would be the perfect uh, event to get that going. Absolutely agree. So everybody be sure to go to ontapsportsnet.com for all your Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs. Giving us great reviews on anywhere you can find podcasts and all that good stuff. And uh, be sure you're going to secondcitypicks.com to make picks to win gift cards to find eating establishments. That's all I got tonight, boys. Besides my favorite, you know, our famous last lines of every podcast is just go White Sox. White Sox forever. White Sox forever. Damn it. White Sox forever. Now he's gone.